Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What is up? Welcome in to the Early Wedge. I'm your host, Alan Bell. Yes, stepping in today, we have a lot of folks out on assignment, including the coach here. But you know what? We cannot let this train stop rolling. So we're going to get this thing going, fire it up for this week's event in the PGA Tour. Snake, hit me with those odds. What do we have here that we're looking at? All right, so we've got Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, a star-studded field here that you see at the top of the list, including so many more great players. So let's bring in Sia Najad, the expert of everything here, early wedge. And buddy, it's just me and you today, my man. So first off, Good to see you, man. How we doing? Good to see you. Uh, Patrick on assignment. He's, he's covering a lot of stuff right now that's going on with the PGA Tour. And we know Coach is, is out today as well. So, A.B., I got to tell you, it's nice to have a new face here. It's nice to be talking golf with, of all people, Alan Bell. The, the, not just a five-tool player. Six, seven, maybe eight tools at this point. I'll tell you what. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'll take seven tools. Watch out for the uh, seven iron. I am not very good swinging that stick or really any iron whatsoever, but this is going to be fun. So you saw the leaderboard there, right? So taking a look at that, looking at, you know, kind of the storylines that affect the betting lines for this tournament, man. Like I throw it to you, you know, anyone that is a beginner better, a novice better, or even an expert, what do we need to know about the Genesis Scottish Open this weekend? Well, what's really interesting and what's really what we can distinguish from the last few tournaments, which have been birdie fest and kind of like watered down from a talent standpoint, we've got all the talent here. Other than the live golfers and John Rahm, basically all the talent is here. So I think maybe a few years ago when we thought of the Scottish Open as kind of a warm up to the Open Championship, which, of course, Alan, uh, you may not know, uh, but maybe, you know, is next week. So usually, you know, you, you talk about tournaments before a major as, as kind of a warm up. I don't think it's a warm-up. I mean, I think we have – the talent is here, and and I think everybody's trying to win from Scotty Scheffler on down. And speaking of Scotty Scheffler, I mean, sometimes he is the storyline. Is this guy just going to be on this epic ball-striking run? And if he finds any semblance of a putter, he's, he's going to win tournament to tournament. So I, I'm really curious to see, you know, if anybody like a Roy McIlroy, uh, like a Patrick Cantlay, like a Xander Schauffele can really challenge Scotty Scheffler at the top. But also I think there's room – all the way down to maybe when you're looking at odds like 50 to 1 and shorter, I think all of those guys are in play. If they have an outstanding tournament, I think they're in play to challenge guys like Scotty Scheffler, 
like Rory McIlroy, like Patrick Cantlay, and, and some of those guys at the top. So I'm really curious to see how this one plays out. Again, it's going to be different. We'll probably see some birdies like we've seen the last few weeks, but it, it's also contingent upon the weather. One thing people should know about the Renaissance Club is it's a coastal course. It's going to be affected by the wind if the wind happens to pick up, which it should. It won't be extreme as far as I can tell, but it should pick up significantly. Uh, so with, with all of that said, that is the defense of the course. So you might not see as many birdies, but there are going to be stints where birdies are going to happen so that's something i'm looking at in terms of scoring and, and things of that nature yeah i so that makes complete sense now let me tell you this uh, i don't know well uh, uh, you know <laughs> what you were just saying right in, in regards to it yeah honestly so i ask you this question honestly as we get into your dfs plays right so one you know, leading up to said major, right? Like, what is the approach for the, you know, for the golfers? Obviously, they want to play well, right? You know, but but you brought up an excellent point in regards to, you know, is this something to where you just, you, you try to get your feel down, you know, link style courses, or are you going, you know, straight at it? Like, all right, I, I'm going out, you know, I'm going out of heater the next two weeks. And then number two, as, you know, I throw it to you for your DFS picks and plays, I feel like this kind of goes into it. You know, what, what, and you don't have to be exact, but like, what, what does a winning score look like here? You see some tournaments guys win 26 under through four days, right? Some tournaments eight under, right? Like, is this more of a lower scoring affair? Um, yeah, break it down alongside, obviously, you know, your DFS plays. That's actually a really good question for somebody who's not really tracking golf like you, Alan. And the reason I say that is because this particular tournament, it really comes down to the wins and, and how much the wind is going to affect the course today. We've had tournaments where the winner's been seven or eight under at the Scottish Open, and we've had tournaments at the Scottish Open where it's been close to 20 under. So if the wind is down for a majority of the tournament, you're going to see something closer to 20 under. If it's up for most of the tournament, I think we're going to find ourselves in the middle to answer your question where we might see a winner. And I'm, I'm really just speculating here. We might see a winner in like, let's say the the 14 to 15 under range. So there's definitely going to be plenty out there from a scoring standpoint, but again, it all comes down to the wind. And, and I think actually, as it turns out, and, and my DFS picks aren't really, they don't track necessarily for wind players, good wind players necessarily, but I, th these, all three of these guys happen to be good in the conditions. And I'll, I'll start with Ricky Fowler at 9,500 at a certain point when it comes to Ricky Fowler, we have to decide is he now one of the elite golfers or is Ricky Fowler, you know, just on a nice little streak and, and he'll kind of fall back to, to, I don't, I don't want to say an average golfer because he's always generally been above average, but I'm getting to the point where I think Ricky Fowler belongs in this mid nine K range. And we'll see next week at the open championship, depending on what he does this week. Uh, we'll see where he's priced. Although I will let, let, let me say, yeah, see, ahead. not to interrupt you, but uh, going off what you're saying, and again, I'm speaking for anybody who might be brand new to the early wedge. This is the first episode that they've ever turned in, you know, tuned into. This might be the first time they're betting golf, right? Like I've grown up around golf my entire life. I obviously, know who Ricky Fowler is. I, I think that we all do. But I am like you. Like I do not bet golf all that much at all. I watch you guys show every week and learn and learn and learn. And it's fantastic. And that's why I'm honored to be on here with you. But I say all that to say this. What Ricky Fowler has been doing the last couple of weeks has caught my attention. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, And that's somebody who doesn't you know, stay dialed in like you guys do. So please continue. But I just wanted to say, yeah, like Ricky Fowler has been obviously playing phenomenal golf compared to, say, you know, the last 18 months as a whole. So, yeah, continue, please. 
Well, that's exactly right. And I'll just give you some stats just from the last 24 rounds, which is, you know, not, not a huge sample size, but a decent enough sample size and encompasses a lot of the good rounds that we've seen from Fowler, but it dates back longer than 24 rounds. Either way, he is top 10 weighted tee to green. He's top 10 weighted approach. He's top 10 last 24 rounds with the putter. And he's third in this entire field around the green. I mean, he's literally checking every box and he's done it with a consistency where I'm really not worried about him having a bad tournament. Now it's golf. It can happen. But I really like Ricky Fowler. I mean, I, I think you can bet him outright. I, I, I don't really love him outright necessarily, but I do think 9,500 is a good enough deal on him where he's going to be a little popular, but not popular enough. I think Ricky Fowler at 9,500 is great. And Aaron Rye at 7,800, he's a previous winner here. Now, granted, when he won, the field wasn't as loaded as it is now, but at 7,800, I still think Aaron Rye is, is a really good value because we're talking DFS here and we're generally talking about tournament play. We want to spike in tournaments. We're not talking about cash game DFS lineups. Aaron Rye can really spike off the tee with approach and with the short game. And that's really what I'm looking for. I think Aaron Rye is starting to ascend to sort of a, a different level of golf. And, and honestly, over the last handful of tournaments, he's usually been lacking in one area where he's been great in, in three of the four main metrics and he's been bad in let's say one or not bad, but just average in one. If he marries all of that together, uh, this guy could really be competing again for another Scottish Open title uh, on Sunday afternoon. So like him at 7,800, Ryan Fox, um, a European player at 7,500. When you look at what Ryan Fox has done, especially in loaded fields, I mean, this guy has been out of this world. His finishing positions in loaded fields have been really, really good. His metrics back that up. He's a monster off the tee, which is certainly going to help him here. So Ryan Fox at 7,500, one of the European guys, one of the handful of European guys I do like in this tournament. My fate is Rory. Rory's been pretty good lately. He's been top 10 in tournaments at a very regular rate, and he's probably primed to win. But when I look at his price tag at 10,900, I know it's a big difference between Scotty Scheffler at 11,600. But if I'm going to pay up for one of these two golfers, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler because honestly, as good as Rory's been, he's miles ahead of Rory McElroy. And if you look at the matchup market, you know, you're getting, you're seeing Scotty Scheffler over Rory at like minus 150. It's a, a pretty big favorite. And I think it's justified. So I just, I think Rory is going to be fine, but I'm not, if I'm paying up for a player at 10,900, I'm going to find the $700 to, to pay up for Scotty Scheffler, the best in the world. Yeah, it makes sense. And I was literally just about to ask you, right? Are, are we fading because of the price or are we fading because of the name? And it sounds like it's the price. It's more the price than anything. I think Rory's going to do just fine. I think he can be a little erratic and he might have a bad tournament. And we've seen it somewhat recently where, where he's had, you know, a bad go of it. But lately, over the last four or five tournaments, he's actually been quite good. But at 10900 I would either pay up for Scotty Scheffler or I'd pay down to either, well, it will maybe Cantlay or Xander at 10400 10200 Or you could even start your lineup in the high 9K range and get really contrarian with your construction. Start with Victor Hovland at 9700 There's a lot of things you can do. But in terms of the things that I'm going to do with my roster construction, it's either going to be Scotty, move down, or it's going to be start in the low 10K range, move down, or start in the high 9K range and move down. Yep, makes complete sense. Look at the legend, Steve Scott, in the chat. Good to see yes. you, brother. Anybody here, please drop your questions in there. We will hit them live as we go. Speaking of as we go, see ya. How about we take a quick break and hear from one of our partners? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, now, see ya. Here's a question for you. You arguably might be the best first five better in Major League Baseball in the country. All right? I feel like that translates to first rounds in the PGA Tour as well. So as we get to the Genesis Scottish Open, first round leaders, your picks, who you like. Buddy, I can't wait to hear this one. This is what we all came for. Break it down, man. What do you got? So it's interesting. I I, I, I was going to have only four here and then one long shot, which you'll see uh, later in the show. By the way, we have a surprise in our outright uh, section of this show. Um, some Some surprise picks perhaps from a side tournament uh, called the Barbasol. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's just going to be in a few minutes. But I was going to do four and then the long shot, Alan. And, you know, Patrick McDonald's not here with us today. So I figured I'd get a little greedy and put a, a fifth person in there. And I'll tell you who the fifth person was once I'm done with these picks. Uh, Xander Shoffley at 30 to 1. He's been very good here. Um, he's just good in general. He's, but but what he's not necessarily great in is, is closing out tournaments, which is why I really like him in the first round leader market more than I like him in, let's say, the overall tournament market. I think if you like him as a tourney outright, that's fine. I don't see him winning in this field, but he's been popping in first rounds. And honestly, he's he really is a good course fit with great course history here. So 30 to 1 is great. Spieth, is, this is more of a hunch play for me because Spieth has been pretty good and he rates out pretty good in, in some of the things I'm looking at, weighted T to green. Uh, weighted approach in particular creates opportunities. It, for Spieth, though, it's the metrics aren't necessarily popping off the page. I just think he's a really good course fit. So I'll tell you, spoiler alert, I like him to potentially win this tournament, but I also like him to get out hot, get out early. And I think 35 to 1 is very reasonable here. Minwoo Lee was my last guy in. And I included him because I think he's such a good first round leader candidate. And the reason I say that is, and by the way, he's won this tournament before, but again, that was when this was a, a watered down field. So I'm not taking anything away from him, but just contextually, you should know that. I don't see him winning this tournament, but what he can do is really go off when it comes to the off the tee game and the putter. He can really find a hot putter. The approach play has been extremely suspect with Min Woo Lee. And that's why I don't see somebody with his approach game as of late really sustaining a four-round uh, dominance, if you will, because that's what you'll need to do to win this tournament. But first-round leader, that's something different. This guy can absolutely pop, and it really wouldn't surprise me if at 42-1 to 1, he is your guy. The last two, Aaron Rye, I already mentioned, he can pop. We know he's a first-round leader king. In fact, it was probably six or seven tournaments ago where I had him in my long shot section at 110 to one and boom, he hit. I think he had to, we had to split that with at least one or two other people. But anyway, 110 to one, he is a first round giant. Since that time, he's been first round leader again. I just didn't have him during that one. So this guy is a guy that's had great history on this course. I don't think he's going to win it this year necessarily, but first round leader, absolutely. And Brian Harmon, he's a little under the radar, in my opinion. I think Brian Harmon is actually a better course fit than people think. He's short off the tee, but he's going to keep it in the fairway. What's really great about Brian Harmon, he's really been dialed in on approach and with the putter. And those are the ingredients, especially if you're keeping it in the fairway off the tee. 
you can find a hot round if that's what you've been really good at. So Brian Harmon at 80 to one, I actually think is, is a pretty strong play. Yeah. So I was going to say, all right, first off, phenomenal odds here when you're getting, you know, Shoffley at plus 3000 speed plus 3,500 and more. Uh, number two, um, you know, when you have guys, you know, as you mentioned, T to green, keeping it in the fairway, keeping it simple, right? Not trying to do too much, especially if you're playing out, you know, in windy conditions. You said it's, you know, coastal course, et cetera. Guys that are really focusing on playing good golf, but keeping themselves out of, you know, kind of uh, errored golf, if that makes sense, right? Like, you know, having to come out of the first cut there, coming out of the rough, you know, just keeping it simple. That could be phenomenal. Also on that graphic, I do want to apologize on behalf of me as we get into head-to-head -head matchups. Uh, yeah, my spelling, uh, me head-to-head -head against spell check. Spell check, <laughs> yeah. It was just bad for everybody, so I apologize on that one. But you know what? We move on to head-to-head -head matchups because even if you don't have, you know, a good start, a good front nine, when you have these matchups here and you can get down against one other person on the course, this is my style of bet. I'm not going to lie, Sia. Now, I'm not saying that I'm good, nor do I know a ton in regards to as we go deep down the list. But, my man, you do, and you have some plays here. So, break them down. What you got? Yeah, AB, I also want to give a shout-out to Steve Scott because he's very active in this chat, and he's dropping a lot of yeah. knowledge, a lot of knowledge that – you know, first of all, it's valuable to me, but he's also confirming a lot of the stuff that that I that I've looked at for this tournament. And one of his comments is players need to fly the ball more uh, than normal. Uh, with and what his point is, strokes gain, tee to green is a must. And my first, like my research, I mean, this looks kind of funny. Like it's like old school. I got the highlighter out. I got things circled. Yeah. All of those things. The first thing you see on there after the course breakdown is weighted tee to green. So I absolutely agree with Steve. That's extremely important. And I'm, I'm literally at this moment looking at guys that I love, some of which are in my head-to-head -head market. So let's start with Jordan Spieth minus 130 over Max Homa. This is more of a play on Jordan Spieth than it is a fade on Max Homa because I have to admit, when I looked at Max Homa's recent history, it was a little bit better than I anticipated. Um, I knew he was good his last time out, but prior to that, he's actually been decent. So the, the game is definitely trending. But I don't think he's any match for Jordan Spieth. I think Jordan Spieth really has outright potential here. I don't think I could say the same about Max Homa. But Jordan Spieth also has good history here. And so I think at minus 130 over Max Homa, while Max Homa is trending upward, Jordan Spieth's game, I think, is, is in a different category right now. And so I think minus 130, especially on these links-ish type courses, um, which I know Steve had something to say about that in the chat too. But he's been really good sort of across the pond. So Jordan Spieth, minus 130 over Max Homa. Brian Harmon, minus 110 over Thomas Dietrich. I already talked about and sang Brian Harmon's praises. I can't say the same about Thomas Dietrich. We keep hearing, and Alan, you you might not, but we keep hearing about how Thomas Dietrich is super talented and all these things. I, I hear it from a lot of people, and it, it might be true, but we're not seeing it right now. We're not witnessing right it right now. What we're witnessing from Brian Harmon is pretty steady play, especially over his last few tournaments with the ball striking, with the putter in particular. I think Thomas, Thomas Dietrich might play his way out of this tournament and actually conceivably miss the cut here. So I like Brian Harmon at minus 110 there. And then finally, it's Minwoo Lee, who I admit, can be very inconsistent, if not straight up bad on approach. But Justin Thomas has been bad in a lot of different places. He's been bad off the tee. He's been on bad on approach. And he's been bad with the putter. Now, I will say this about Justin Thomas. I think he's a decent DraftKings play at 8,300 because he does have upside. And I have to concede the ball striking has been bad at times, but actually pretty good at times too. 
The putter has been bad, though, and I'm not sure which one of these things is going to fail Justin Thomas at the end of the day, whether it's going to be the putter, the approach, or the off the tee. But what I can usually count on with him is one of those things is going to fail him. And Minwoo Lee's game for this particular course, even if the approach play fails him, I think he makes up for it off the tee, and he makes up for it with the putter, and that's why I like him minus 120 over JT. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, look at the prices there. Minus 130, minus 110, minus 120. Yeah, you can definitely tell. And look, you spoke about Dietrich here. Uh, it reminds me of way back in the day, uh, Aaron Badley, right? Like when he first started getting going, I would see him more on the commercials during the weekend than I would in the tournaments during the weekend. And you're like, I keep hearing about this guy, but I'm not seeing him on Saturday and Sundays. Uh, so I know what you mean in regards to that one. Now, Max Homa, speaking of him, and I'm going to make the worst joke that anyone is going to hear all week. Who are the guys that are going to bring us Max Homa here with these finishing positions? I told you that joke is going to be awful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, guys who are going to get the job done here, man. Like you look across, uh, you know, four days of this tournament. Break it down. Who do you like? What do you see? So I normally have three to four guys here. And you might think I'm a little shy to put three or four this week because I'll be honest, the finishing position plays for me, especially over the last two to three weeks. So three weeks ago was okay. But the last two weeks, it hasn't been very good. And that's largely because these birdie fests that we have had have lent themselves to kind of some more like no-name guys launching up the board. And it pushes some of these guys down the board that, that I was on. So I don't really have that fear here because I don't think it's going to be a birdie fest necessarily. The problem here is I didn't find a lot of numbers that I liked. I just simply didn't. I look at when I'm looking at top 20 and I'm looking at top 40, I'm actually usually looking for plus numbers. And I usually find three or four that I like in both of those departments and sometimes in the top 30. I didn't find it here. So I only found it with two plays. So I'm only going to give you two plays. I don't want to force plays by any means. Terrell Hatton at minus 105. One thing I'll tell you is I think he's live to win this tournament. He's playing excellent. He plays really well on this side of the world, across the pond, if you will. And, and again, at minus 105, I think this is a, a really good number because I think Terrell Hatton's going – he's typically finding himself inside the top 15 over the last six, seven tournaments, even in loaded fields. So I think top 20 at minus 105 is, is a good price. And then we mentioned Brian Harmon at top 40. Um, minus 125, speaking of, speaking of spell check, sorry, that's Harmon with an A, H-A-R-M-A-N. Reminds me of the Harmon that was in that movie Summer School, A.B., like from the late 80s. Yeah. What was yeah. that What was that guy's first name? Do you remember? No, I don't. All right. Well, somebody in the chat might remember. Something Harmon. He made some uh, – He was. he's on some network TV these days, I think. But anyway, Brian Harmon at minus 125, top 40. I just love the state of his game, and I love what he's doing with the putter and on, on approach specifically. So top 40, I think that's a reasonable price at minus 125. Well, uh, you know, I was going to say, all right, so first off, you know, you, you're saying that you, you didn't find a lot of numbers that you like. Obviously, smart not to force anything. But those two plays that you had right there in regards to a top 20 at what, minus 120, and then a top 40 of a guy that you've spoken of throughout this entire show and previous shows in regards to how consistently well that he's playing, you know, minus 125 of a top of top 40 finish. I mean, it's a pretty strong play, you know what I mean, at a good price, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, because this isn't the birdie fest that we've seen, I think there's a little bit more predictability with, with some of these guys. And I think there's some predictability with Brian Harmon's game, even though some people might not think he's the best course fit because he doesn't hit it super long off the tee. I, I don't think that's critical here by any means. By the way, there's there's a question in the chat about where to find these. These uh, three matchups are either DraftKings or Caesars. Uh, I believe this time, which it's it's unusual, I think two of the three are actually at Caesars and one is at DraftKings. If you have different matchups at whatever book you bet, um, I think most people can vouch for the fact that if, if you message me or you can try it in the chat too, of course, 
Uh, but if you message me after the fact, I usually get back to most people if you have a different uh, set of matchups. I always encourage you to use the information that we have as well in, in kind of assessing your matchups. And, and we have the answer. It's Mark Harmon, by the way. A few have, uh, a few have chimed <laughs> in. Go. Mark Harmon is the guy. Wow, some old school guys in here with uh, immediate answers there. So really well done. But yeah, Caesars and DraftKings are where you can get uh, my head-to-head matchups. Nice. All right. Well done on that one. What also is well done is teaming up with one of our partners. Let's take a quick break and hear from them. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, so yeah, here's the question, all right? Say got a brand new better to golf or could be an expert that is just you know kind of limiting themselves or not but what i'm getting at is they're focused on a winner right and you know you might have a couple options here in regards to that because you're getting such good odds in regards to it but i want to hear who you like who you see has a real shot at bringing the trophy home fair enough and by the way taylor dehart in the chat he says all three matchups are at dk I'm not sure that's the case. Maybe it is, but but Taylor, um, one thing I want to make sure you're looking at is the right thing. Make sure you're looking at tournament head-to-heads. And this goes for everybody. A lot of times people say, oh, the matchup isn't here on a site that I said you know, it was there. Sometimes they're looking at round one matchups as opposed to tournament matchups. Uh, speaking of round one matchups, Alan, before I get to these, uh, these winner picks, so this tournament starts, I believe, t- it, the tee time is... Thursday morning, as it typically is, but it's two in the morning because it's over in Scotland. So I can promise everybody on the early edge tomorrow where I'll be hosting again because coach is out. I will actually have a round one matchup for you because I can't do it Thursday morning as is typical because the the first round will almost be over by then. It'll probably end, I'm guessing, two or three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But one thing you can count on from me and hopefully, Alan, what I'll try to do is I'll try to find one that's in the morning Scotland time. So by the time we're on the early edge on Thursday uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we will know whether that round one matchup hit or not, which will be kind of unusual. It'll be kind of fun. I'm not going to force that, but that's what I'm going to look for initially. So um, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll that'll be be fun. Don't forget, like Scotland, and then, of course, the next week it's going to be the Open Championship. So the time zones, like if you're doing DFS, you want to make sure – 
your lineup is finished by basically midnight on Wednesday because you're only going to have like an hour or two to spare after that. Midnight on Wednesday, that's the latest you would want to make any adjustments. Okay, my winners. And I can say this, Patrick Cantley is my first one. I texted Patrick McDonald and I asked him because he, he's doing a lot of stuff right now um, with, with CBS Sports, like li literally as we speak, as it relates to the PGA Tour, Live, the merger, all of those things. One thing he was able to tell me is that he likes Patrick Cantley this week. Um, he told me another guy he likes, it was Wyndham Clark. I think he likes him more in DFS, maybe in the outright market as well. But those two happen to be two of my four guys that I have on this board right now. So Patrick Cantley at plus 1,400 rates out really well across the board. You know, sometimes he wilts in some of these big, spots i mean this isn't a major so maybe we don't qualify it as a big spot but i think plus 1400 is fair he rates out so well weighted tee to green like steve scott was talking about off the tee on approach creating opportunities patrick cantley is that guy i don't want to take scotty scheffler at plus 600 it's just too short a number there's no chance i would take rory mcelroy at plus 800 plus 700 plus 850 wherever it's being offered so as i go down the board Patrick Cantley is the first one that I see where, okay, there's value in this number at plus 1,400. Jordan Spieth, we've already talked about. I think he's live to win this tournament at plus 2,500. Wyndham Clark is plus 4,500 at FanDuel. If you read my Sportsline article yesterday morning, it was actually plus 4,800 when that article was published. FanDuel has now brought it down to plus 4,500. The reason that's an interesting number is because since I published the article, which again was over 24 hours ago, DraftKings has had his number at plus 3,500. So you're still getting a deal over at FanDuel at plus 4,500 to take Wyndham Clark outright. And the bottom line is he's playing really good. It, it's almost like the same as the Ricky Fowler argument where they're winning, but we're still not sure how good they are. And, and at a certain point, I got to just believe what I see. I mean, Wyndham Clark has won twice. He's won a major recently at, at 45 to one. It's almost insulting. I mean, 35 to one is a fair number, but 45 to one is like, all right, what are we even doing here? We have no respect for this guy. I'm going to go ahead and lay it at 45 to one. And then Sung J.M., this is also a hunch-ish play because if you look at his metrics, not great. Uh, you know, he's trending a little bit with the ball striking. It's trending in a positive way, but it's certainly not anything that's going to blow you away. And that's why this number is 50 to 1. But I do think Sung J.M. has the power to actually harness what we've typically seen from Sung Jay. And I, I actually think he's a pretty good course fit here as well. So at 50 to 1, that's a very generous number. I'll go ahead and take it. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, for a guy who can turn it around so quick, right? Like just, you know put it together and then you're like I'm sitting here with a 50 to 1 on this guy yeah. whose ball striking is just accurate like on his irons the ball right there the marks are in the exact same spot you're like dude this guy is just threading it also Wyndham Clark I got to give him a shout out his name sounds like the most above average corporate hotel chain that's out there <laughs> and I love it I love it and the guy's been on fire man like obviously you mentioned you know winning a major there um and beyond that so all right that is perfect now what also, if I were staying in a Wyndham Clark fine hotel tonight, I would probably look at shaving a little bit. And that brings us to Barbasol here. You like that, uh, Barbasol? I did a little transition for you on that one. Again, it was horrible. It was horrible. Do not listen to my jokes whatsoever. But listen to me here in regards to the winners here. If you were truly committed to the bit, you would actually break out the shaving cream or shaving gel <laughs> right now. And you would start mock shaving or actually shaving. I don't know. So, <laughs> Alan, I, I expected more from you, but but here we are. Um, I'll be better next time. Listen, th this is a very, I don't, I don't even want to say watered down. This isn't a very good field, but that's okay because there are some guys that I think have some winning potential that aren't necessarily right at the top of the board. There's names I like that aren't on this board, like Peter Quest, who I've been on. I had him at 101 last week, and he was 
really in contention until basically Sunday afternoon where he sort of took himself out of contention with, with a bad Sunday. So I like guys like that, but his number's been driven down. And honestly, I don't expect him to win this tournament anyway. Vincent Norman is, is a guy that what I looked at with the Barbasol, I looked at weighted tee to green as I usually do. I looked at off the tee in particular because I think that's really important. I looked at the putter and I looked at course history. And Vincent Norman checked most of those boxes, particularly weighted tee to green. Uh, off the tee, he's third in this field. Uh, he's, a, he's a name that if you've been playing DFS for a while, you've been looking at his name for a couple of months. You might not have played him, but he does pop here and there. And I think plus 2200 in this field is actually a fair number. I wish it were longer, but I would have expected it to be a little bit longer, but I actually think he can win. So 22 to one, I like. Justin Lower Lauer at plus 4,000. He's another guy that rated out really well. When I looked at weighted tee to grain, when I looked at scoring opportunities, things of that nature, approach, uh, approach in particular, it's really trending up for him. 40 to one, I like. And then finally, Ryan Gerard, a hunchish type play at 55 to one, but he did, his short game is great, but his approach game is great too. He's made three cuts in a row on the PGA Tour on these regular events. I think 55 to one is just enough for me to, to buy in here. So only three winner picks. I think it's going to be kind of a random tournament. It's going to be a birdie fest. So I don't want to give a, a full slate of picks here, but Vincent Norman, Justin Lauer, Ryan Gerard. All right. I like it. Those three. Now here's the deal. See Look after that failed Barbasol stunt, it's a long <laughs> shot that I ever host this show again. However, <laughs> you have excellent long shots that we do need to bet on. Bring them down, buddy. We got. All right. Well, by the way, that was amazing. Uh, really, really <laughs> amazing transition. Um, pat yourself on the back there. So, yeah, a couple names. Like one of these names is, you, you know, listen, I've mentioned him before. I think Brian Harmon at 75 to 1 is a good number. I think I'm not a Brian Harmon guy, but I, de I definitely think Brian Harmon can do some damage in this tournament. Would it surprise me if he won? Yeah, but it's 75 to 1. Okay, so it's not like I'm taking a guy at 35 to one and being like, I'd be shocked if he won this tournament. I just think when I see how well the putter has been trending over the last handful of tournaments, by handful, I mean three. Um, so sample size isn't huge here. But when I when I look at that and I see what's going on with the approach game, and I know he's probably not going to get himself into trouble um, with the with the off the tee game, I, I just can't resist the 75 to one. So, you know, maybe maybe you just splash a dollar or two here. It's really the top 40 bet that, that I like as well. I mean, I like him in DFS. There's other markets I like him in as well, obviously first round leader, but something to consider as an outright. And then the long shot first round leader, listen, I already gave you five. So maybe you put one single dollar on this one. If, if, if Listen, I'm not going to tell you how to bet. You, can, you don't have to take all my first round leaders. You can take the information I give and say, hey, you know what? See, I, I only kind of like three of these guys to bet on. I, that's perfectly fair. But Higo is a long shot. He is not going to win this tournament. But what he can do is get hot. We saw it a little bit last week. He can get really hot off the tee. If he puts himself in good position and happens to find some good approach and good putting, uh, which we've seen some glimpses of, uh, I think he could be a first-round leader. So 120 to 1, I mean, it's something I'm willing to speculate on. I'll tell you, even me, like I'm not going to put much on this either. But at 120 to 1, Higo was really in the back of my mind even before I started my research. And I think as a first-round leader or as a showdown play, for example, in DFS, I think he's a guy you want to look at. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and just tell you this, and I'm going to be as transparent as possible. I am not too terribly familiar with Garrick Higo. However, I absolutely love that name, and I'm yes. going to put a dollar. Like, I'm just going to go across the board. A lot of different ways that I could bet him and just try to find some kind of value. Because you know what? I feel it for our man. What I also feel, Sia, is you know what? Pride, just being on this show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me here. I did not want to let you and have you be forced to go through the entire thing by yourself, right? So I was just proud that I could be your tag team partner today. Any final thoughts 
that you have about this tournament, about the Barbasol, about getting ready for a major next week in regards to it before we get out of here? Well, maybe Steve Scott can confirm if he's still in the chat. But, uh, you know, speaking of the Open Championship next week, you know that Steve Scott joins us for all the majors. So hopefully, Steve, you're joining us next week. And I know probably in the future you're going to be joining us a lot more than just the majors. But listen, you are a wealth of knowledge. So if you are going to be here with us at 3 o'clock next week, next Tuesday, we'll, we'll have the full host of, of people, the, the, the coach as the host, of course, and the analyst. But we're also going to have Patrick, hopefully Steve Scott, and myself. So I'm really looking forward to the Open Championship. I think these different time zones are kind of exciting. You know, you wake up or assuming you go to sleep, you, you wake up and you've got half the tournament done, which isn't really great. But, you know, it's it's just kind of cool to have something different when it comes to that. And Steve Scott has confirmed, yes, sir, with nice. two exclamation points. He will be joining us next Tuesday. Listen, I, I don't know if, if any of you have missed or maybe not seen shows that have had Steve Scott on them. First of all, he's great on PGA Tour Live and all that stuff. But on this show... He is just truly a wealth of knowledge. And I know for the Open Championship, he's going to have some extra knowledge to bring that, frankly, I'm probably not equipped to give you. Coach might not be equipped to give you. And Patrick McDonald might not be equipped to give you. So, Steve Scott, thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I got to say, Alan, as far as this tournament, I'm excited about it because we don't have like the birdie fest nature. Like people might go low in this tournament. But I got to say, the volatility with the birdie fest over the last few tournaments We've won the head-to-heads. We've been great there. But in terms of like the outrights and the finishing positions, not great. I'm looking to have a little bit more consistency here uh, with my picks as, as a whole. And they've been good. Don't get me wrong. But I want them to be better. And I'm looking forward to this tournament and the Open Championship. And as we approach the FedEx Cup playoffs, I'm really looking forward to really cashing a lot of tickets and hopefully some this week as well. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, as you look for consistency there, we are definitely finding it. See it with you. And that was a great job. Look, you host and are an expert here. Tough to do both. And you did a great job cornering our man, Steve Scott, and making him, forcing him to be on next week. Steve, we will switch seats here in regards to I'll be in the chat and you will be on the show where you so rightfully deserve with Sia, the coach, Patrick, everybody here. But for everyone else, thank you so much for allowing me to join you guys' wonderful show today. I watch every week, and it's fantastic what you guys do. Snake, excellent job as well on the ones and the twos and everything else. So, everyone, as you get up at 2 a.m. Thursday morning, ready for the Scottish Open, best of luck. Let's cash these tickets. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.